being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, welcome back. Hour number two is upon us, and this is Drive Radio KLZ 560. And again, we're live with Prino Foods, Red Lion Run, Car, Truck, and Bike Show. We're at 1830 West 38th, which is essentially Pecos and 38th Avenue over in Denver. So if you head over this direction, there is a ton going on. You will not miss us, believe me. If you get in this area and you don't find us, you're not in this area. Because if you're near here at all, you'll see all the cars, the people, and so on, and you cannot miss it. In fact... For a lot of you listening, if you just kind of find a hot rod on the road, most likely they're coming here, and you can almost follow them here because that's pretty much how it's working today. So, anyways, again, Paul and Igro from GIA Insurance with us today. Josh Goff from Boulder's with us as well, Legacy Automotive. And, by the way, you can find all of our sponsors on drive-radio.com, which we're looking at the – is the new website almost up, Producer Ann? Yeah, it's getting close. Okay, so we're getting close. Hit the menu bar. Okay, hit the menu bar, and we're getting close. So it's all there. It's in the final stages, so you'll see it hopefully this week. Jeff Kitty also with us as well. All right, Lee, I know you've been hanging on for a while on an oil change question. Let's take yours first. Lee, what's going on today? Hey, my son. I talked How you to doing? you last fall. Yeah, I'm doing good. I, I was waiting on that Shelby 5 that was ordered oh, yeah. for 12 months, yeah. and I was yeah. asking him about running E85 on it, and we talked about that. But anyway, in the meantime, yeah, I did get the car, and I know you got that C8. I did. On my car, Ford's calling for the very first oil change at 5,000 miles. I think that's way too far, and I'm kind of wondering what they call that for on your car. You know what? I didn't look because I won't put enough enough miles on mine to really even get to that point anyway. So I'll, I'll do an annual change on mine yearly, and it won't have a ton of miles on it. And in your case, depending upon how many miles you do each year, I'd I probably do, still go 2,500 yeah. on this first one. Well, and that's what I got on the car right now is 2,500. And I'm just thinking 5,000, even full synthetic. I'm just going, you know, when them new engines are wearing in, there's got to be crap falling off in that pan somewhere, you know. I, I, I think. You know, those are all ran prior, so it's not as big a concern as it used to be. But I, I, I'm with you. Well, I'd still true. do it. And uh, and, I, and, I, and I'd still do it at the 2,500. I wouldn't go the full 5,000, especially knowing the car yeah. and what you're doing and so on. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I think myself. I just wanted to get your take on it. How many miles you got on that car now? You got 1,000 on it Maybe. Yet? <laughs> no, probably Maybe. 300 is all. I haven't driven it really? much at all. No. Wow. You do set up. No, my problem I is I, my problem is I have too many to choose from. Yeah, I know it is. Yeah, I wish I had that problem. I feel really sorry for you. <laughs> you should. Anyway. You should. It's a hard choice knowing what to yank out of the garage. 
I know it. I know it. Yeah. Uh, I used yeah, to I will say this. I will I... say this. The C8's a, a great car, and, yeah, I've enjoyed driving it. And kind of watching the market on that one more so than anything, Lee, it's kind of why I haven't driven it a lot is just to see what's the market going to do on those. Are they going to keep their value up and so on? And, and, and that's kind of why I haven't driven it a whole lot, frankly, just to kind of see where things head with it. Well, that's kind of where I'm going too. You know, there's all these rumors. Everything's going to go electric and da 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 da. But they are. Um, hey, you yeah. know, because the other well, thing too, I and know. I talked, I talked about this during the week on my weekly program, Lee. And I think this is something really I heard to pay you. attention to for a lot of hot rodders. Is you know, I could very easily see you know the current administration cracking down on you know high high horsepower low mpg vehicles in the not too distant future which would then take the vehicles you and i own and do nothing but up the price of them if they make it to where you can't buy them in the not too distant future and frankly i think anything is possible right now i don't think that's out of i don't think that's out of the you know you can't say that's never going to happen right now with the current administration that's absolutely correct. The other thing I'm worried about is 91 octane gas. They're going to shut that, that down. They could do that you know? as well. Although yeah. the one the one thing that probably is in our favor there is there is enough even turbocharged new vehicles on the road today that require that 91 that I probably oh, wouldn't yeah, see right. that. I wouldn't see that going away. But I just paid yeah. yesterday. To, I filled up my, my old SS because I got it out, charged the battery, did some things to it. I paid 424 a gallon yesterday for premium. Yeah, I I was paying 410, 420, and I'm out in the plains out here. You know, I mean, usually mm-hmm. stuff's a little bit less expensive, but uh, yeah, in Greeley it was uh, 415, something like that. You know, yeah, yeah. And this thing, you know, the the fuel rails are the size of a freaking garden hose. Right, you know? right. I can only get right. 200 miles through a tank. Yeah. You know, so I mean it's. They're costly for sure, but, yeah, I was just kind of wondering about that oil because in the old days, I'd change those things out a 1,000 miles, you know. Yeah, and you don't need to go that. that far on it, but in your case, if you did, you know, if you're going to drive that car 2,500, 3,000 miles a year, just, just set your you know, set your calendar, do an annual oil change, call it good, you'll right. be fine. All right. Yep. That's what I was wondering, my friend. Lee, thanks, man. No, I so, appreciate it. Have a great time right. with that car, by the way. You as well. I'd like to meet you sometime at a meet. We'd have well, fun. you do that. You know, we got another one of these coming up. Uh, we got two more in September. They'll be on the calendar on the website uh, here very, very soon, Lee. So be looking for that. But we got two events coming up in September after this one. So they're down there in the metro area. We'll have one Denver. over in Arvada and one over here in Wheat Ridge. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. I don't go to Denver, but I'll, I'll go hit the, the Burbs or something, but I won't All go right. to well, Denver. All right, well, do it. And we'd l- love meeting you. It'd be awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, listen up for them as they come up here later okay. on. Sounds great, Lee. Appreciate it very much. Have a great weekend. Let's go to Matt, who's got a question on a carburetor. Matt, go ahead. What's going on? Hey, fellas. How's it going? Enjoy your show. First time We're, caller. Thank, thank you very much. Appreciate it. So um, I've got a uh, 2001, it's a Kawasaki, it's a road bike, um, and it's a okay. carburetor, and I've owned it since it's I used to live in the Bay Area in San Francisco, so I was at essentially sea level. Now I live at 7,000 feet, and right. uh, it takes a, takes a bit of work to get that thing warmed up and running. And um, uh, so my question is, I, you know, I've been spoiled on all these fuel-injected cars, and I don't know a whole lot about carburetors, so... Um, 
what kind of adjustments do you think uh, are necessary to get that thing running uh, at a proper, at a pro- in in the right way up at this altitude? Oh, hang on. Let me turn you up here, guys. That would help a bunch if I did that. Yep. There we go. How's that? Okay. There you go. Need, that's better. <laughs> probably going to need to be rejetted. Yeah. For this it's going to be rich. Yeah. It's going to be running way too rich. And that's probably, yeah, yeah. It's got a manual choke on it, and it runs, you know, if I keep the choke pulled out, or at least mostly pulled out, it, it continues to run. But as soon as I push that choke all the way in, it just, it just dies out. Yeah, so I would take it to a, a motor. Are you good there, guys? Yeah, I think we got it. Yeah, you're good. You're good. I hear you. Oh, okay. I can hear you now. So, I hear that so, announcer in the background, too. <laughs> oh, yeah we, yeah. we got a lot going on today. We got a lot going on. I, you know, I, I think Josh is right, too. You, you need, A, you need a carburetor expert in the motorcycle world, not even the automotive world, because those guys right. have a way of balancing those, those carbs out that's even different than what we do in the automotive world. Yeah. Okay. So you think jetting, not just, uh, you don't think it's just a mixture adjustment? It's, uh, no. Uh, not jet? Not to no. go from sea level up to not to here. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Well, that's that's really the only question. I just needed to know what direction, so I know what questions to ask when I take it in. No problem, Matt. All right, thanks, fellas. Keep up you the good work. Okay. Enjoy it. Pre- Thank you very thanks. much. We appreciate you calling. And Terry, hang tight. We'll get right back to you. Let's take a quick timeout. We'll come right back again. We're live at the Red Lion. Uh, Run, I should say, car, truck, and bike show, 1830 West 38th Avenue over here in the Wheat Ridge, Denver area. And, again, you get over to Pecos, come off I-70, head south on Pecos. You can't miss us. We're at 38th. Literally, if you see all the activity going on, just head towards it, and you'll be right here at the car show. We'll be right back, though. Don't go anywhere. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Your vehicle's air conditioner should not put out a musty, mildew-like smell. Cabin filter contaminants can cause allergies and compromise airflow volume. Now is the time to take advantage of Geno's Auto Services Cabin Filter Special. For $189, Geno's will replace your cabin filter, clean the evaporator box, and restore efficiency and clean air in your vehicle. Geno's BG Evaporator Cleaning injects foam into your vehicle's evaporator box, which removes mold, pollen, mildew, dust, and bacteria. Since 1983, the team at Geno's has been serving customers all along the front range. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. They're AAA-approved, winner of the Napa Gold Certified Auto Award, and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Check out their excellent Google reviews. Stop in or visit them online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Some skills you only develop through practice. In October of this year, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law celebrates 25 years defending both civil and criminal cases. He has earned the tagline, trial tested, trial ready. In civil cases, such as personal injury, your attorney has the burden of proof to persuade a jury that you deserve a certain sum of money in return for your pain and suffering. However, because only a small percentage of personal injury cases go to trial, 
Most personal injury attorneys do not spend much time in the courtroom over the course of their careers. Kevin Flesh stands apart from the rest because he represents both criminal and civil cases. After an estimated couple hundred jury trials, Kevin has learned how a jury reacts to evidence. He knows how to gauge how much money a jury will likely award in your case. Trial tested, trial ready for 25 years. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Call now for a free consultation. 303-806-8886. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive up in Boulder with us today. Paul Inagro from GIA Insurance with us as well. And Jeff Kitty also. Let's go right to the phones. Terry is up next. Terry, welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. Uh, thanks. I had a question the air conditioning. I have a 19... You have a 19 what? It's only 1990 Toyota Camry. Okay. And um, what seems to be going on is that after I've used it during the day, I notice at night when I'm driving, there's this thin oily film on the inside of the windshield, and I... Tonight, I have to get the Windex out, clean it off, so there must be something wrong with the air conditioner. Uh, sometimes, I mean, you don't ever notice the passenger floorboard being wet on that car, do you? Uh, there's a passenger filter uh, under the uh, glove box. I. Are you going through coolant? No, I don't seem to be going through coolant, no. Then I wouldn't think there's necessarily something wrong with the air conditioning, but the condenser picks up all the pollutants from the air, and as you run in that air, it can also you know push that all that grime right onto the windshield. That's right. So BG has a service where we actually clean the evaporator on that, yep. and, and it'll get rid of a lot of that mold and, and just road grime that's built up on that evaporator and usually make that thing run, okay. run a lot cleaner and better. Okay. Okay, I'll try that. Okay. Terry, thank you very much. We appreciate it. And if you need somebody to help you with that, we've got all of our shops listed. Drive, it's hyphen, but drive-radio. Dot com. You can check everybody out there, Josh to Geno's to Extreme, all over. Any, any place that we've got uh, a service, uh, you know, a shop, I should say, call our select shop, you can find them there as well. All right, we got a break in the action here. we got lines open, 303-477-5600. Give us a call. We'll get you right on air. In the meantime, though, I did want to talk to Paul because there's a lot of uh, – uh, questions and I think even misconceptions, Paul, when it comes to uninsured motorist. And I've, I had a question earlier that in the beginning of this week. I should have just send them to you guys, but I, I answered the question, and uh, you know, best I could. I'm not an expert in this area, but I know enough to probably stay out of trouble. But the question was, my agent said I could lower my rates if I drop my uninsured motorist. I have comp and collision, so isn't that good enough? No, it's only good enough for your property. 
but not for medical expenses. That's what I told him. And, and that's the key, is the uninsured and underinsured motorist applies to medical expenses. Okay, uh, and that's where the huge uh, liability comes in. Property is only so much. I mean, for most cars, it, it's, it's a there's pretty... A, there's a defining amount there, is what yes, you're saying. Yes, but with uh, medical... And you're driving a $40,000 car. It's $40,000. It's, it's total yeah. is forty grand. Right, exactly. Medical, though, a week in the hospital is hundred k plus. Yeah, and what if it's right? a lifetime? In fact, uh, my cousin, for example, was hit uh, about a decade ago. He still ha- is having neck and spine... Uh, problems from uh, from that accident, and so it's an infinite amount, okay. actually. And and so so explain how uninsured motorists actually works. Again, I think there's a huge misconception. Yes. I think most people think that I need uninsured motorists because if I get hit, they're going to pay to fix my car. Yeah. That's part of it, but not all of it, right? Yeah, the, the uninsured motorist uh, c- coverage doesn't. Um, uh, you know, cover the property, uh, uh, the, the actual vehicle. Um, it's the medical expenses. So someone hits you, yes, their their uh, uh, you know, liability covers your your car, okay. But what if they bought just state minimum, which is not much, twenty five, fifty, fifteen. So twenty five uh, uh, thousand in liability per person. Uh, and your medical bills are 100000 Right. Now, if you have medical insurance, yes, it could go back to your medical insurance, but that's not back on in your insurance, plus you have deductibles, coinsurance. You could have a maximum amount of pocket of eight, ten thousand uh, or, or more on your medical insurance. So, you know, think about, uh, and we see this all the time, people are buying state minimum coverage, and uh, that means they've got a very low amount of liability. Right. Okay, so what you're buying is not only uninsured motorists but underinsured motorists so you're you want to get both because um if that uh, person has state minimum he's not uninsured it's not uninsured he's underinsured he's in underinsured. some cases that, that's yeah. right Good point so it's to protect you on the medical expenses because that's the uh indeterminate amount that's the part you don't know and uh, some of those medical bills and problems that can be caused in that accident can go on for a very long time, could go on right. for the rest of your life. Yeah. Okay, so I know life. that in certain states, it's required or comes with the policy to have this particular insurance. I also know in Colorado, that's not the case, and it's optional here. Now, the one thing that was confusing to me, even reading through that this week, is when it comes to uninsured motorists on the med side and uninsured motorists on the collision side, can you buy both in Colorado or just the medical side? Well, what, what you're um, uh, you're just buying on the um, on, on the medical side. Okay. Okay. So uh, if they're underinsured on the property side, which doesn't happen often, but it could, especially if you buy state minimum. Right. And they've got 15000 And you're covered. driving a $70,000. I mean, I'm looking at some of these cars around here. Some of these are 100 k Yeah. The, 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 um, uh, what would happen, though, is if they ran out of money on your on their property, then your collision could Yours kick in. kicks in. Yes. Subject to your deductible. Okay. What if, weird scenario, let's say you're... Got a vehicle that's totally paid for, like my old 2004 uh, Dodge 2500 diesel I drive around. I've got full coverage and everything on it. But let's say I dropped and I just went to liability only. Yeah. Can I buy 
uninsured property side that then would cover it because I didn't want to carry full comp and collision. Or yes. Does that even make sense? Yes, you can, there's an option for uninsured uh, property. If you have yes. liability only. Yes. Which is liability. cheaper, though. Is it cheaper yes. to just get full collision or to buy that? No, that, that'll be a, a less expensive option because it's, it's not full coverage okay. so, okay. so uh, and, and it's something that is used more often by people who have an older vehicle liability only no, type situation yes, yes. okay so you yes. can do you it get, get the in property right okay that's right perfect okay one again i i explain this sometimes probably more than i should i should just send folks to you but i'm learning more as we go and i just think i've really now got it pretty well dialed and, and, in and that's a good option to bring up because a lot of people don't realize there is that option and that's something we normally recommend for someone when they're dropping comp and collision and have that over uh, older vehicle will uh, normally recommend that okay makes total sense all right let's go right to the phone steve is up next we've got lines open 303-477-5600 steve what's going on hey guys uh great show i appreciate it um thanks for taking my call i just purchased a 2011 chevy cruise um it's got the 1.4 uh turbo motor in it and um like a little car, nice little gas tipper and all that. Uh, driving home a couple days ago, and I got the check engine light. So I looked up the code, and it was the code 1011, which was a like an air obstruction, um, either the MAF sensor or a you know dirty clogged air filter. So um, I did clean the air filter, put a new one in, and um, I disconnected the negative side of the battery, which cleared my code. So then I went to the emissions place up here in Loveland, tried to get it through emissions, and now um, it's failing because it says that the computer has not reset. I haven't done enough drive cycles yet on this car to reset all the different sensors. So I looked up on the internet how to do this drive cycle, and it's got procedures, start the car, let it idle for two and a half minutes with the AC on, then drive at 55 miles an hour, and then coast down to 20. It's got all these things to do, so a little bit difficult to try to do that drive cycle in town, but I did my best attempt yesterday. So I've gone through the emissions place three times now, and it's still, computer is not resetting. Is there some other way that I can try to get this computer to, uh, you know, acknowledge all the CAT systems and the MAF system and everything is reading back to the computer? Do you guys know anything about that? No, the only thing you can do is drive it, unfortunately. Yep. You have no to substitute for that. No the way they're set up. Yeah. And trying to do that drive cycle test the way they say it has to be done, you can drive a car for three freaking days yeah. and never hit it. I, oh, I mean, wow. that is that is the problem with that test yeah. and the way they have to reset that. You're better off just, you know, like this weekend with what's going on, It'd be great just run it down the highway a little bit, do some cruising around, drive up to Longmont, cruise around Longmont a little bit, and then cruise on back to Denver. And chances are, be my guess, you're probably going to set all of them yeah. unless there's a problem. Stop and maybe have lunch for about yeah. an hour. Let it cool down so you get another cold start. Yeah. Because they always want a couple cold okay. starts and, and different speeds and, and different temperatures. So. It, it's ridiculous okay. the way they do that because I don't know anywhere in this town that you could do that with the traffic we've got. No. And every time you try to, you always get stuck in something. <laughs> or you're going to get in a wreck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, that's, that's what I'm going to try. You know, just on a real quick note, and then I'll let you guys go. I was at the, the emissions place the other day, 
yesterday, and I probably waited over 45 minutes, and there's just a line of cars. And yet I went through about a half a tank of gas driving up and down the road trying to do this drive cycle. And it's like this emissions program thing, you know, they're trying to get everybody to have clean burning cars. But yet there's 20, 25 cars sitting there idling for close to an hour. And it's like, so don't you guys see an issue with this? Here we're at an emissions place trying to get our cars to pass. But all these cars are sitting there just, you know, belching emissions yep. and fumes. For, it's so hypocritical, you know. Yep. This whole program is a joke, you know. And the, uh, the Steve, they would, be, from, they would be better off to drop that and work on timing of traffic lights better, and they would have a bigger oh impact God. on what we consider to be a quote-unquote brown cloud, oh. which we really don't have much of anymore. But really, they, they could they could spend those time, energy, and resources doing what I just said and be they, far better off. They'd be by far better oh off doing God. a safety inspection. Yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah, you guys – you guys are both right on the money. You're preaching to the choir on that one. So keep up yep. the good work, fellas. We'll do it. I appreciate we'll do it. it. Steve, Have thanks. Thank you. you bet. Appreciate it very much. Again, folks, we're live at the Red Lion Run Car, Truck, and Bike Show at Laprino Foods, 1830 West 38th Avenue in Denver. Felipe, you're next. Hi, John. How are you doing? We're doing great. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. Uh, hey, John, I had trouble with my Chevy Bolt. And I wanted to describe what happened, see what you think. Sure. I was at the uh, at the uh, Botanic Garden in Denver. I parked the car in the covered parking, came back in an hour and a half, and I went to power up the car, and I got an error message. It said, conditions not right for shifting. It would not let me shift into gear. So I got out my book, and I was looking maybe for something to do about it, and the light inside the cabin started to dim like the 12-volt battery was going dead. I know know exactly what happened. And then I lost my display in the center of the console. You you had a dead battery. It was behaving like the 12-volt battery was, was discharged. That's exactly what was going on. How did you get it up and going, Felipe? Well, I called up the uh, OnStar for uh, help, and they were sending somebody. And so I waited about an hour, got back in the car, and it powered up. Yeah, yeah. The battery, the battery rejuvenated itself is what happened. So yeah, I've had that happen to me one time, and I took it to the dealer, did a full inspection and so on. And the only thing I could determine is it was my fault. And I evidently, when I shut the car off, I did not shut it off. Now, that car... That, that I'm aware of, unless somebody can tell me otherwise, a lot of the newer cars have an automatic shutoff where you leave the car on long enough and nothing happens. It'll finally just, you know, key fob not around it and so on. It'll just shut itself off. Not so in that Chevy Bolt, at least in mine it's not. That car, if you leave it on, it will literally, it's a fault, by the way. I think they need to program it differently and get rid of this. But if you walk away from that car with it powered up, it will be that way until the battery runs down on the main 12-volt battery. The only way to get that back up and running is to jumpstart the vehicle. What I've done to eliminate this for now for me, uh, Felipe, is I carry one of those little bitty electric, you know, the little bitty uh, portable jump boxes that's not much bigger than, I don't know, the size of a couple of wallets. Uh, that car has a hidden 
console compartment underneath the main compartment. I stick that down in there. It's fully charged. If that ever happens to me again, I can stick that on the main battery, and I'm up and running. And I know that sounds odd for a lot of you listening, but this is a particular car that, to my knowledge, Felipe, will not shut off if you leave it on and you leave. Uh, so it did happen to you once. It did happen to me once, yes. Now, but my car restored itself within an hour. What do you suppose happened there? You got it early enough because you only let the battery go dead for about an hour and a half. And what happened is as you left and came back, there was enough charge, if you would, in the battery to, to quote-unquote rejuvenate itself is probably the best way for me to say that. And when that happened, you were able to come back, get it running. And then once it goes, once you get the regular uh, the electric batteries that run the car, once all of that gets energized and going, it will charge your main battery. But it will not do it prior to being fully on and and running quote-unquote ah, very interesting okay so i i maybe i did leave it on i didn't think i did but maybe well, I, I didn't did. think i did either but the only thing i after going through everything you know looking back on it and so on because what i did is i went down to the station parked in the underground parking went inside did my show came back about four hours later and it was deader to mackerel i mean so dead that i couldn't get it to do anything so dead that i even brought a jump box down the next morning and literally i could put the jump box on to get everything energized but i i had to leave the jump box on it to even get the car to move so i literally had to uh i brought a little battery charger fortunately with me at that time so i brought back down that next day a battery charger and a battery jump box and i was able to get the battery charged and going and it's been fine ever since i had the dealer check it and so on they found nothing wrong again my analysis is that car does not shut down if you walk away with it with the key fob if you've left it on and it's a fault they need to fix see here's the funny part when i left the car i was able to lock it yep me too if i had left the ignition on i don't think it would have locked uh, it, I think they will, Felipe. And again, that's a fault that car needs to have fixed. The software needs updated and fixed. Yeah. I guarantee okay, you we're not the only two that ever done part this. Of it was the Chevy dealer wouldn't help me the next day. Well, and they should have. I mean, I, Emic is my dealer, and they had no problem helping me, and it was an easy thing for them to do. Maybe I should go to Emic. They're they're my people when it comes to that. That's where I would go. Okay. Well, John, listen. Thank you. You're very welcome, Felipe, and they're not far from us over in the Golden Area. You know, that's that's kind of where you're at, so that works out well as 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 well, too. So, hey, we'll come right back. i got a call coming in, a couple lines open. We're live with Prino Foods, Red Line Run, Car, Truck, and Bike Show. Myself, Jeff Kitty, producer Ann from Minnesota with us as well. We've got uh, Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive up in Boulder and, of course, Paul from Group Insurance Analysts. We'll be right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to get a little controversial. Because, you see, if you're anything like me, when you learn to drive, you learn that when you see a merge or lane ending sign, you should move over as quickly as possible. And all those other knuckleheads flying past you, well, they needed to pay better attention. It turns out that most drivers change lanes too early when they see a merge sign, thus causing a speed differential and a traffic backup. What traffic engineers and experts actually recommend is staying in your lane as long as possible before merging and merging at what they call the zipper point. Thanks a lot, Dad. 
Studies show that by just merging at the zipper point, traffic delays and backups can be reduced by as much as 40 to 50 percent. I know, I know, that feels like cutting to the front of the line, but the truth is, it's just the right way to merge. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. Novus means innovate. And as the original inventor of windshield repair, Novus Autoglass continues to stay on the cutting edge of glass repair and replacement. Any vehicle with lane departure technology needs to be recalibrated after a windshield replacement because of the cameras and sensors mounted to your windshield. All of those sensors need to be carefully realigned so your vehicle provides accurate positioning information. And each vehicle manufacturer is different. Most Autoglass facilities, even the big names, do not have the right tools and equipment to calibrate your windshield. They can only replace the glass, not recalibrate the sensors. Because Novus Autoglass constantly upgrades to keep pace with the changing industry, the majority of their locations now offer calibrations. Get your windshield replaced and the sensors recalibrated with the inventor of windshield repair. Find Novus Autoglass now at klzradio.com forward slash glass. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Make your life more convenient. You just found out that in order to install a new appliance in your home, you need a new electrical panel. Your current panel isn't safe or energy efficient, so it can't support the additional load. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air makes an inconvenient situation simpler. The live chat feature at AbsoluteFix.com stays active 24-7, 365, so you can schedule your estimate with a real human being at midnight on a Saturday. You get a two-hour time window for your appointment, so you don't need to wait around all day for a technician to arrive. 30 minutes before your appointment, you get a text message with a photo and a bio of your technician so you know who's coming into your home. Then, 15 minutes after they leave, you get a phone call asking how they could have provided an even better experience. Make your life easier. Schedule an estimate with Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air at AbsoluteFix.com. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air. Barber's Foods proudly sells what they feel is the best bratwurst in the nation. Their bratwurst comes from Tim Beeler's fourth-generation pig farm in Iowa, where Tim grows non-GMO-fed Duroc pork, raised without using gestation, crates, or antibiotics. Check out the five-ounce French-cut loin chops, natural hot dogs, baby back ribs, breakfast sausage links, and garlic pepper bacon at barbersfoods.com. If you're looking for great beef, Barber's Foods carries grain-fed Colorado Angus beef in steaks and burgers, 
and an assortment of Wagyu steaks from Dan Morgan's Wagyu Ranch. These all-natural, restaurant-quality steaks are some of the best you'll ever eat. You can pick up your order at the Denver Warehouse near the National Western Center, or Barber's Foods can drop them off to any Denver metro area address. Go to barbersfoods.com and thank you for supporting the Colorado native farm family that owns Barber's Foods. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, live of Primo Foods, Red Lion Run, Car, Truck, and Bike Show, 1830 West 38th Avenue in Denver. Thanks for coming by, by the way. A lot of you have come by and said What's hi, that? and we appreciate that very much. And we will be here until 1 o'clock, guys. Let's take a next call. It is uh, Michael who is up next. Michael, welcome. How are you, sir? Doing well, John. Thank you. Thank I've you. I've got a 2014 Rubicon. And uh, my air conditioning compressor is seized up. Are there specialty shops for that, or can you recommend recommend someone in, uh, up in the Boulder area like Legacy? Oh, yeah, Legacy. Yeah, Josh yeah. can take care of that. No problem at all. Okay. And uh, I've been told that you need the compressor replaced and uh, also do the uh, condenser flush yes. and the charge. Is that normal? And you're going to want to make sure the dryer and that is also good. And, again, that, yeah, this is right up Josh's alley. He'll yep. know exactly what to look at, what to replace, and and so on. And uh, uh, how many how many miles are on that, Michael? Only 14,000 miles. And the compressor already locked up. That's unusual. It's, yes, it's seized up tight. Did it, did it um, I mean, did it go through water, anything weird like that? Were you wheeling, or did it just go bad? Mm. No, it's a garage clean. Uh, it doesn't uh, doesn't do anything harsh. It uh, spends most of its life in the garage. Yeah, um, we call those pavement princesses. That's okay, though. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's got there pretty go. wheels and a black finish. And Nothing wrong with that. It doesn't know what a dirt road is. There you go. It's a pavement princess. That's fine. I have a couple of those, too. Yeah. Don't worry. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, and it's unusual. So. The reason I'm asking is it's unusual for that to go bad at that mileage and that's where again i would have josh really and he will but really inspect everything there and what's going on because at that kind of mileage it should not be, that should not have happened michael that's what i understand i have a, a 94 ford explorer with 225,000 miles on it and it still blows cold and never had needed service so yeah that's again that's that's unusual and you know yeah. you're way beyond i mean normally i would say if we're even within a year or two of of warranty you know you go back to the dealer it's 14,000 miles here's what's happened see if they'll give you any kind of an adjustment uh, at this point as old as you are on it what are we seven years almost eight years old now yeah um, almost eight yeah, years old yeah yeah they're not they're not going to do anything at eight years yep okay i will and, and by the way you Thank not you driving it has day. no effect upon the compressor at all so that's nothing you've done that it's it's just a it's just one of okay. those things but not, you, you you not driving yeah. it did nothing okay Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. You bet, Michael. Thank you very much. I appreciate the phone call. And uh, all right, so we got another call coming in. 303-477-5600 is our phone number. We appreciate everybody, by the way, that has been calling in. And um, and do you have some, like, story or something you want to share about your Honda? Yeah. Um, the last time I was here, I was telling everybody how I bought this Honda Civic for my kids. I got three going through driver's ed, so I picked this up for 1000 bucks. I'm figuring, disposable car, right? If they trash it, doesn't matter. We're just going on the next one. 
Well, I had driven a minivan for like 20 years, and I started driving this car. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so much fun. It's like a super-sized go-kart, and you just bounce around the traffic, and it's just this great thing. And then I'm listening to drive radio, of course. Yeah. And what is John Rush saying? John is saying, if you got a car, you better get in and get repaired because it's going to be hard to get parts. You just better go take care of your stuff and do all this. Yeah. So they put in um, front brake pads, front rotors, lower ball joint, sway bar link right front, sway bar link left front, and they fixed the ball bearing. Remember how I said it sounds like an airplane? Yeah. It doesn't sound like an airplane anymore. Okay. So when you do all these things, John, do a super-sized go-kart, what do you get? A better go-kart. No, you get like a little car. I'm driving oh, like a little car oh, you now. Got a car now, not a go-kart. The whole super-sized go-kart got thing it. is gone, and got I was it. so upset. I'm texting my boyfriend. I'm like crying. Seriously, this sounds dumb, but I love my car. And I'm playing, you've lost that go-kart feeling. Oh, the go-kart. Oh, that go-kart feeling. And I was so sad. So that's thanks to you. But I got a plan. I'm going to work through this. Another 200,000 miles, and I'm back where I was. That's probably about right. Well, I got a, I got another thing you can do. <laughs> Watch out. Let your brother drive it. Oh! oh <laughs> there we go. That's it. That's, it. that's, that's his new Uber car, right? He's, he's <laughs> oh, that is a low blow. He's hell on bearing. Oh, oh, oh that's, that's good. That's, that's good, good. Jeff. Good one. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I don't know how many bearings I replaced on his car. <laughs> good one, Jeff. <laughs> Spot oh on. Oh, my God. Spot oh, yeah. on. All right. All right. With that, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. We're live with Prino Foods, Red Lion Run. And, by the way, if you stop by, say hi. I really appreciate everybody that already has and have had a lot of folks come by, give us a thumbs up and so on. And, and again, we appreciate that very much. So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy, and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555, or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. 
Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. All right, welcome back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. One line coming in right now. we got two open, 303-477-5600. Give us a call. We'll get you right on air. Myself, Jeff Kitty, and a producer, Ann, from Minnesota, all the way down from Minnesota. And you know what? That cloud cover is burning off a tad. Which still is, nice. Which we don't want. We want to leave that cloud cover up there. So keep that up there for another hour. We're, you know, we got about another hour to go here roughly, so we want that to, to stay up there. Paul and I grow from Group Insurance Analyst with us as well. By the way, any questions for Paul when it comes to insurance, please call us, 303-477-5600. We would love to chat. A lot of um, – we went through some of those misconceptions on uninsured, underinsured motorists and all of that. And most of you probably – Maybe you're aware of this, maybe you're not, but when you're out driving around in Colorado, about two and a half to three cars out of ten have no insurance. Yeah, 25%. Zilcho. Is the, uh, is the accepted figure. So, accepted. Accepted. So you're, you're at a, uh, inter, an intersection, you're at a light. Look around. There, there's four of you. One of them has no coverage. Right. And that doesn't even take into account underinsured, so the people who are buying state minimum. Well, yeah, that's just uninsured. That's uninsured. not the underinsured. Because yes. for, for those of you, and again, this is another whole political thing, which I won't get into here. I can do it during the week. But it is politics in how we have our minimums. And there are those out there like us that would say the minimums need raised. Well, then you get the politicians involved that say, well, we can't raise it because then it hurts the poor. Well, again, it goes back to what we talked about in Fix It Radio in the first hour with Paul. So in turn, all of us are going to pay more insurance because of where our state minimums are right now. If our minimums would higher, believe it or not, it would lower all of our rates. Am I right, Paul? Uh, that's correct, because either you would need no uninsured motorist or a lesser amount, and that would then lower your premium. That is absolutely correct. It costs us more to buy the coverage that other people aren't buying. And maybe you know this off the top of your head. If not, I can look it up. What are the California state minimums? Yeah, that that I don't know. Um, if I'm not mistaken, um, I'm looking right now. Uh, the California state insurance minimums, I believe, are less than here. Uh, I am looking right now. Uh, the minimum coverage insurance in California, 15000 in bodily injury. That's lower. And a minimum of 30000 in bodily injury liability and a minimum of 5000 for property damage. So, so they're $15,35. We're, we're $25,50,15. So if you see a California license plate, you probably should stay away from <laughs> right. that one. Just saying. I'm not making uh, fun. I mean, this, uh, this, this is serious because they don't have much insurance in some cases. I'm, I'm surprised they even have a minimum in California. Oh, well, that's a good point. All right, let's take, I think Barbara is up next. Uh, oh, oh, Mike is next. Mike, you're up next, Mike. What's going on? Hey, John. Uh, so I have an insurance question. Um, I've lost two, win or lost, I've had two cracked windshields in my 2020 Toyota 4Runner. Um, that's just the way it goes sometimes. The first one I replaced, uh, when I called the insurance company and they gave me their preferred provider, uh, they gave me three of them. I tried one of them. 
the, uh, they said, well, we'll call Toyota and see when we can get the windshield. And after that, we'll have to look it over and see if it's okay, and then we'll get back to you. So they gave me a date when Toyota said they could have the windshield. Three weeks later, um, they finally got around to putting it in. One of the things that I noticed with this second one is looking at the first one, it's not an OEM Toyota windshield. I think I'm getting jobbed. You I'm probably getting- are. I, that yeah. would that yeah. would not that yeah. would not surprise. And I don't think this is an insurance thing as much as it's as it is uh, the vendor. Pro- yeah, the, the, vendor. the vendor telling you yeah. something that's not true. That's right. I agree. I think the vendor's saying something that is not true. So this second windshield, I got the same song and dance with the vendor. They said, well, we'll have to check with Toyota. And I'm sitting there thinking, it's not a Toyota windshield. So that's baloney. Pardon my. Right. right. And so uh, I, I'm thinking, is, is this something that is prevalent? Uh, no. And I guess and I, you're down south. Call Zach at Novus down Novus. south and see what he has to say. I will. I, you know, that's a great idea. I was trying, you know, I, I got the vendors from insurance. It, by the way, there is no, there is no, uh, and Paul's shaking his head because he knows what I'm going to say next. They cannot force you to use a particular provider when it comes to a windshield. You can use Novus or anybody else that you want to. The insurance that's- company is not allowed to dictate to you where you go. They can suggest and say these are our preferred people, but that does not mean you have to use them. Yeah, the I, same with body work, too. Exactly. Yeah. Same well, with no, I thought it, I wondered if it was the same as, as... Yep, it, it, it is exactly the same. In fact, okay. in that world, when they do things like that, we call it steering, and steering is frankly illegal, Mike. Yeah, well, that's... From, from my body work that I've had to do, I have a shop that I love, and they do great work. And uh, uh, the insurance companies just cringe when I tell them who I want to use. Of course, they, it's, not they their, use it's not their. It's not their. They do it right. They... right. All right. Well, now, then... now, real quick, I want, I want to add something to that. A lot of these insurance companies will put uh, deals together with preferred providers that give them and you a better warranty and some things like that. And, again, you really need to look at all the fine print and make sure that everything matches up. But, again, bottom line, and Paul's shaking his head, you as a consumer, as a customer, choose who does the repair. In other words, you are in charge of the repair process and always need to remember that, and that doesn't matter what kind of insurance we're talking about. And, by the way, this is true even when it comes to your home, anything along those lines. There is no way possible, legally speaking, that an insurance company can force you to use one of their providers. Yeah, unless it's medical thank insurance you for, and you have an HMO. That's different. And that's different. That's different, yeah, yes. Paul and John, thanks for clarifying, because I knew the body shop they couldn't, but I thought when windshields, and it just didn't make any sense to me when they said, all no. yeah. Toyota, and I looked and I went, well, this is not an OEM windshield. Right. Yeah, and, and by the way, for everybody listening, there are OEM windshields. They stamp them. It looks, you know, it is OEM. Now, they don't build their own windshield, so it's coming right. from PPG or somebody like that. But it is got the right logos and things like that, and some people prefer that. And if you want to spend the extra money to have that done, you know what, knock your socks off. But typically an insurance company is not going to pay that extra money if you have glass coverage. I'm one. 
I like to self-insure. I, I don't want to pay any more money than I have to. I'll do windshields myself. I'll take my own chances, my own risk. I'll be that. I'll do the actuary on my own and handle it that way because I don't want to pay the extra money for the glass. Now, all that said, Mike, and everybody else listening, and I talked to Kent and Judy up in Sterling, my Novus folks up there yesterday, and here's what's going to happen in the windshield world in the not-too-distant future. In fact, it's already happening now. There's going to be shortages. You're not going to necessarily find the windshield that you need for your vehicle because they're now finally, and I've been talking about this for months, but the glass world is now starting to run into shortages just like everyone else has. So my yeah. point is this. If any of you out there are listening, have a pit, a chip, a crack, something where you know you need to get a windshield done, I would not put that off. Get it done now or you're liable to not find the windshield in the not-too-distant future. So don't be like, well, it's only a two-inch crack. I'm just going to wait. If you if you wait, you're liable to not find yourself with a good windshield. So I would suggest if you want to do a windshield, get it done now. Point well, John, point well taken, and thank you very much. I also have to point out, you already know this, that, that uh, the Toyota 4Runner windshields are so upright, just yep. like Jeep windshields. That's that, right. You know, you take a shot, you're liable. Yep. It's, you don't stand much of a chance. <laughs> right. That's right. No, and, and there are certain vehicles like that. Now, a lot of the newer pickup trucks, I'm looking at one of the new Dodges over here, Ram, I should say, and, you know, it's got a lot more slope to it than my old 72 Chevy yeah. does. And you look around here at the lot, and you just look at the older vehicles, and yet that one's not old, but yet it still is fairly upright. So, Mike, your point well taken, and I, I think you're correct. And it's just one of those things. Now, I will say this as well. This is something that I even learned from uh, from Mike, our, our detailer guy that we had on last week as well, a de you know, a, a, a Man Cave Mike. You can coat the windshield, and there's even now some clear uh, protective things you can put on the windshield if you're prone for breakage and crackage that you can actually, actually put on the windshield. And Mike at Man Cave could tell you about that. Well, thank you, John. I really appreciate it. And continue with the great show today. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much, Mike. Always a great caller, and I appreciate that. And, yeah, folks, what I said a moment ago is the absolute truth. And, and I'm not going to give you any details, but there was one particular model of windshield for a particular high, for a particular popular trucks. Let's just say it that way. I'm not going to give all the details out because I don't want anybody running out and making a run on these any more than they already are, so I'm not going to get into that. But there's a very popular truck that takes a very popular number of windshield that, from what I understood yesterday, there's like five in all of Denver of. And this is a truck that there are thousands of in the Denver metro area and in Colorado, and five is not going to be enough to handle all of the different vehicles that are in this town, Just you can, because I can tell by looking around how many of them are out rolling around. And that's one example of one particular windshield part number and what's going on. So you're going to see more of those as we go down the road here. And, again, I'm not trying to scare anybody or force anybody to go into, you know, getting a windshield. But, but Paul, and you know this as well as I, when these types of shortages are coming up. Now, a question I have for you. Let's say you've got a windshield that's on the edge. Maybe it's really pitted up. Maybe you've got one place that's been fixed. It's not cracked yet, but you need a new one. Will the insurance company, if you have glass coverage, handle that until there's a crack? And they're not going to handle it until there's a crack or or something in there that needs to be repaired. Okay. So so if it's a small crack or uh, a rock uh, where they could repair it, they're going to recommend or try to repair it first. Okay. 
Uh, but uh, if it's just worn and kind of pitted and uh, no other damage, uh, that that's not going to be replaced. Okay, so so then you're going to have to wait yes. until you actually have an actual crack to have that yes. happen. Now, and I know I've only got about, well, you know, I'm going to do something when we come back. I want to talk to you when we come back about the difference in cost of self-insuring glass versus buying coverage for glass because again i think most people don't understand how some of this works we'll cover that as soon as we come back as well hour three is next folks don't go anywhere again if you want to get out and about come by and say hi we are live at laprino foods the red lion run car truck and bike show 1830 west 38th avenue we are again just a little bit west of uh, pecos and 38th street just take it take pecos south right off i-70 you'll run right into us hour three is next don't go anywhere drive radio klz 560 still haven't had enough Go to drive-radio.com, email your questions and comments, download previous programs, and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.